So, I have a preamble topic, technically. I feel like it's 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 the kind of a certainty either you do or you don't. No, well, I technically have it, but ChatGPT has actually written our preamble topic for us. Oh, I don't know who God. that is. So uh, chat, it's, oh. it's me, Hans. <laughs> it, it, it was me, Austin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ChatGPT is a it's an AI taking the internet by storm, Hans. Not in the Skynet kind of way. So, I have asked ChatGPT. So, Hans, you have experience with ChatGPT. I sent you a recipe from it. Oh, is that what? Right, okay. Yeah, so Hans obviously it has, has gag this... taste and liqueurs. Hans, Hans has this fucking lifelong goal of having his own cocktail. And I asked ChatGPT, what was the exact prompt? Create me a cocktail recipe based on the name Big Fudge. And ChatGPT's response was, sure, here's a recipe for a delicious and indulgent cocktail called Big Fudge. Ingredients, one and a half ounces of dark rum, Bullshit. an ounce of chocolate liqueur, half an ounce of hazelnut liqueur, an ounce of heavy cream, half an ounce of simple syrup, chocolate syrup, whipped cream, and chocolate shavings for garnish. I feel like the simple syrup is overkill as well. Like, you have the cream mm. and you have, like, the chocolate syrup and stuff. Have you made it your hands? Oh, oh, so, so I sent this to Hans and Hans was like, blur, dark rum, I don't like trying new things. So I replied to ChatGPT, I don't like dark rum, can you recommend something else? ChatGPT responded, of course, if you're not a fan of dark rum, you could try substituting it with spiced rum or bourbon. Both of these spirits have a similar depth and complexity that can help to balance out the sweetness of the other ingredients in the cocktail. With spice, rum, or bourbon, this cocktail will have a slightly different flavor profile, but it will still be rich, <laughs> indulgent, and perfect for a special occasion or dessert drink. With the key ingredient being different, it will taste different. <laughs> wow, eh? we are so screwed during this battle with the AI, guys. So, I will say, I have done... <laughs> I hope no one I work with listens to this. I did my self-evaluation with ChatGPT this year. I just asked <laughs> ChatGPT to write me a self-evaluation. <laughs> I love how I would say yes to that, but not right now. <laughs> Write an episode of Naruto for me. <laughs> so that was all fine. <laughs> um, I've done other things for ChatGPT. I've actually gotten it to write Chloe's job leaving notice. And it did multiple revisions. Because we felt like the first one was too happy sounding. So we were like, I didn't like this job. Could you write it in a different tone? Uh, we, we have some like, I was told somebody like, we've got some like drama of my flat at the moment. And uh, we wanted to like phrase uh, an email to like the new tenant and like the agency. And my flatmate, he says to me what he does, and he, I believe he makes far more than I do, right? But what he does is, like, whenever he needs to, like, because English isn't his first language, like, he hmm. says that he actually uses, like, a chat GPT thing to, like, sort of, like, just write stuff better. Yeah. And so it outputted this thing, and then I looked at it, and I was like, I'm changing this whole top half. Like, this is not good <laughs> English. This is not how people speak at all. Um, the bottom part was okay, though, I will say. But yeah, it's um What was it like glorious day, fellow human? I am also <laughs> a human. <laughs> well, so for example, for the leaving notice, it was it actually it didn't that always just says like dear manager's name and says you're gonna have to fill in your own blanks. So I am writing to inform you that I'm resigning from my position as your job title at company name, effective date of resignation. Please consider this letter as my formal notice of resignation. While I appreciate the professional experiences and opportunities afforded to me while working at 
company name, I have decided to resign due to personal reasons. I will work to ensure a smooth transition of my responsibilities, and I am willing to help with the handover process as much as possible. Please let me know if there are any additional steps that I need to take before my last day. Sincerely, your name. Right. That's pretty good English. Right, That's right. pretty good. So, yes, it is very impressive that... But, all, it, yes, but also, yes, you could get that from probably anywhere You could get that from, internet. like, Indeed. Like, you know, you can but just... It, it, so, I will say, like, the fact is, like, the fact that it, it gave me one, I was like, no, I that sounded too nice, can you try again? And, like, it kept revising it in a way that made sense. Like, giving the prompts that I was giving it. Yeah, like, I, like, I, I think it's cool, but, like, to, to, to me, like, I just still can't see a world where AI overtakes a human creatively, I suppose, is the best way to describe it. Yeah. Oh, no, 100%. Like, but I, I, I see the appeal of, and I think this is actually, because I think Microsoft has actually bought OpenGPT, who obviously have Judge. Created ChatGPT. It is very good at like amalgamating searches. So, like, it'd be very easy for me to go, go through Google resignation letters and go through like five or six different results mm-hmm. until I found what I wanted. But doing it in that kind of natural language way of almost I'm chatting to something is far more natural. Mm. And obviously, kind of then can amalgamate a bunch of different results from its. Library of resources. You know, this is just the next step of like, you know how I, you know, we we got all our fancy uh, smartphones and shit, and I, was, you know, I don't, I don't need to learn math. You know, I got a calculator in my pocket all the time, or like I've got you know, uh, spelling corrections just out my fingertips, and then like you know what happens? Those people are idiots, right? Uh, like, the, the, the biggest lies, the biggest lies ever told in school were now I, you'll never, you're not always gonna have a calculator pocket, and you're not always gonna have a dictionary in your pocket. Well, That's English great. teacher and math teacher, <laughs> look who's laughing now. But you know what? I'd rather talk to people who did, who, uh, <laughs> who learned things, though. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, you know, with, with things like, you know, TikTok and shit, you know, you know our society's getting even dumber, right? Oh, like, uh, you, you, right, you want to talk about dumb, right? <laughs> so, yeah, we you hear this joke I've just generated about Hans. <laughs> you know what? Do that first, because mine is slightly <laughs> off-topic from AI. So you you do okay. that first, Alex. Why did Hans bring a ladder to the party? I don't know. Why did Hans bring a ladder to the party? Because he heard the drinks were on the house. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> 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 Brothers and sisters, welcome to the Not Super Bashers Presents Game Club for February 2023. Yes, Game Club is back, the monthly video podcast review thing, where we take turns picking games, go play them for the month, come back and discuss them for your listening pleasure. This month, IY picked Hi-Fi Rush from Tango Gameworks, and as ever, I am your host, the Rhythm of the Night, Nick Davis, joined by Play That Funky Music, Hans Davis. Uh, hi, what about you? Rhythm is a Dancer, Alex Proudfoot. Ahoy there, matey. Have you seen any flying squirrels around these parts? Is that an AI thing? It is, yeah. <laughs> and Swing When You're Winning, IY Chunk. I, I, I like this world that we're moving into. So yes, Hi-Fi Rush from Tango Gameworks, the rhythm action game originally released in January 2023 on the PC and Xbox Series consoles. IY. Hello. 
why did you select Hi-Fi Rush? I think it was because in our last episode, one of the reviews Alex read, I'd said something about like dazzling graphics or something for a game that didn't have those things. <laughs> um, and what are you talking about? That those reviews were like hundred percent accurate. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I don't know, the other thing was that I believe that game came out like the night before or something that we yes, recorded. Something um, like that, yeah. Yeah, and it made, it made quite, the, quite the impression, that first trailer. So I thought, you know what? I need to I'm get, bad at rhythm games. Need to get working <laughs> on the games of the year list early. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> Knock one out of the park in the first one. Yeah. So as ever, I have split this into three categories. Nick, what are the categories? Gameplay. Lonely boy. <laughs> Story and characters. All invaders must die. Uh, Xbox's future plans. Fast as you can. Like I ran out. Of- <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> ran out after two. Yeah, I Fifth Symphony. It is a soundtrack that had like YouTube copyright ba- strikes. <laughs> twelve bangers in it. It had ten. I'm looking at the, the wiki. Oh, okay. If, if we ever do a, a game that has like ANs, AN stuff, can we just have it decide uh, the three topics? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, before we get into it, I have to ask, as always, how far did everyone get in Hi-Fi Rush? Uh, I finished the game. Uh, I was kind of actually tempted to play it again, uh, but we'll get to that. Uh, Hans? Ah, never even touched it. <laughs> that would be really funny. Did you <laughs> only appear today just to talk about his exile course? No, oh, yeah, he, he finished the game. I finished the game. <laughs> Could you actually imagine? <laughs> I can't believe it's taken you like 72 episodes to do that. <laughs> uh, Alex. I finished it. Oh, I finished it. All right. Our first category, the gameplay. Uh, so the Hi-Fi Rush, kind of, as I mentioned, is a rhythm action game. Kind of the best way of describing, I think, is saying it's a mix of, say, Devil May Cry and something like Crypt of the Necrodancer. Like, each stage will have a background song that has a pretty solid beat that you'll try and match your button presses to, so whether that be your light attack, your heavy attack, your dodges. And if you match the beat well, that'll increase your score. And uh, I don't think it increases your damage. I don't think you're penalized for not playing to the beat. I think they make that pretty clear. But the main side of it is, yes, you're kind of, you have like a score that's kind of persistent and uh, you're given like a rank kind of similar to like a Devil May Cry. You're given a rank for all the combat encounters. And overall, I think it plays amazingly. I loved every bit of the combat and it was really fun playing with the different combos and like learning where to hold your beats and things like that and slowly getting better and better at the game and, and at matching the beat it i just felt like everything in the combat really came together so well and then like in a style of game that already has super tight combat adding this kind of rhythm layer on top of it i think is really fucking smart i did feel that way <laughs> And then I got halfway through, and then I kind of got fed up with it, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Why did you get fed up with it? Like, I feel, so like, yeah, like, when I started playing it, I did feel like, oh, this is really cool, and I'm really enjoying it, Um, but I felt as the combat scenarios kind of got more, that I had to focus on them, like, you know, on the enemies and stuff, 
it did feel like I was trying to concentrate on two things at once, and it was very, I found it more of an inconvenience about halfway through the game. That's probably when I kind of started to be like, I am just kind of abandoning this, and I'm just going to start swinging like a wild thing, because I just really, I felt like I was definitely taking more damage and actually playing worse when I was trying to match the rhythm beats, compared to when I just went call ass and just started attacking. Um, but like, the rhythm beat stuff though, like in, uh, I don't know what you want to call them, the wee showdown bits, you know, where you have to parry to like yeah. the, like doing it in those was fine because again, you're only concentrating on that one thing, but I definitely felt like in the open combat, I was just kind of like, no, I, I have three kind of elite enemies here. I cannot be bothered trying to match my attacks to the beats and also concentrate on doing damage to them and avoid other things. And I just, it all just kind of fell apart. Old band reflexes. So I'm here. Yep. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, I think we find the reason why Hans is doing you know poorly on his XL course can't concentrate, can't read the questions. <laughs> Did you ever turn on like the beach thing? Oh yeah, I, I, I actually I pretty much used that the entire thing. Yeah. Okay. Also, uh, weird, though, you can just keep that on. By the way. Oh yeah, that, yeah. It was it was weird that it reset, but yeah, I I was in the same boat. I had that on at the same time. Yeah, I had like it on all the time. Did you turn on like? Uh, no matter what you do, it's always on the beat. Did not know that was an option. I'm pretty sure it's an option. I know, like they say, well, no, your first no matter, at- your first attack is always on beat, and then after that, you have to like match well, it. No matter, like no matter how fast you mash that button, Chai will attack on beat. Like that's that's what it, the, like the game will always be on beat. You are just rewarded for hitting the buttons on beat. Mm. Uh, so like even if I yeah. hit X three times in a row before a second beat happens, Chai will still just do beat beat beat. He'll not mash out three attacks. He'll just still do those attacks. Oh, I, I know that. But I mean, it's like, uh, it counts it as if you were hitting the button. But, like, well, all that would really do would change your score, wouldn't it? No, I think that I vaguely remember them saying it does help damage. It does help damage. Uh, that yeah, is, that it is does. does yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. This is a, it's some interesting opinions about, about the combat, I'd say. Well, I, what, so what, I, what is your opinion so, of it? So I. I played it as standard, right? I didn't. I didn't have the thing on, because um, mm-hmm. in my opinion, that's actually more distracting having an actual physical thing there. <laughs> um, and also, I would argue that all enemies also attack on the beat. So, mm-hmm. like, there was actually a lot less. Like, even though, like, if you were to watch someone play this game, like, there was a lot of shit happening. Like, like most games like this. But like, I think what's really cool about the whole like rhythm aspect is like, you know, whenever Nick said about doing these combos and things because everything is revolving around these beats, I think it's a lot more digestible for someone. Like, I'm sure you probably felt really good in this game, more so than probably, like, a more open, like, combo-y kind of game. Yeah, so, um, to, I, I was listening to the, just to, like, kind of elaborate on that, I was actually listening to the Bombcast, like, closely after this came out, and I kind of felt the same way when someone said, like, Playing this makes me feel like I would actually be far better now if I went back and played something like DMC5. Mm. Because when, when like it kind of slows down, it's like, yes, while there's not a beat, quote-unquote, in Bayonetta or Devil May Cry 5, like, you can still kind of, like, you're still trying to hit those buttons in a certain rhythm to do your better combos. And, like, when a game like this kind of breaks down into that side of, like, that sort of way and gives you the idea of music to kind of apply that beat to, then yeah, it's a lot easier to then go back and think, all right, just think of everything else as a beat as well in these other games, even if there is no backing track type thing. Yeah, like um, 
this is exactly how I think of uh, fighting games. Like mm. those kind of like in my head, I'm just like da 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 da, right? Whatever whatever the rhythm is. Um, and I think this game is really cool because it lets people actually feel really cool, but also it doesn't punish you because, as yeah. Han said, he just smashes way at, at like in the in the mid game, and that's perfectly fine. Like you finish the game and and you still experienced it. Like, and I think that's what makes this game really cool. Like, this is the probably the only rhythm game I've played where like I didn't do things perfect, but I still got to the end result. But the crowd nice. didn't boo you. The crowd didn't boo you. Or uh, what's that? What's that stupid drumming game, Nick? Oh, the Taiko one. Yeah, like yeah, it's I'm not like breaking my hand trying to hit the, all those beats, you know. Um, and that's like super cool. Not hearing the full song of Metal Hellsinger. Uh, yeah. Um, but I will say though, so I didn't enjoy the combat 100 percent though. Uh, be, not because of the combat, but because of the enemies. I think I mentioned this to a couple of you before, but as soon as it introduced enemies. Because the first like special enemy introduces is like he has a blue shield. Yeah. One of your characters is associated with that color. They can go through the shield, right? And it's like, okay, that makes sense, fine. And then you get your second character. And the enemy that's associated with that is just like a guy with a big riot shield. Mm. But the difference between the blue shield and the green shield is that the blue one you can still interact with it, but the green one, you just bounce off. Mm-hmm. And the only way to destroy it is by summoning the dude, which has a cooldown, obviously. Yeah. And so it really, for me, broke up the rhythm. Especially if there was only, like, one enemy left, right? Because yeah, at least there's okay. two enemies. Yeah, you're sitting there waiting for the cooldown to come yeah, back. Yeah, right? It's, it's like I'm playing an MMO, right? I'm just waiting to hit my cooldowns, right? And I felt that really ruined a lot of it. Even though it's, like, the most <laughs> bog-standard enemy, like, I felt it really ruined, like, the pacing of that game. And um, those moments you mentioned, Hans, with, like, the, you know, the finishing rhythm bits... Yeah, against the bigger enemies. Um, I thought that was okay at the start, and then as the game goes on, obviously it has to throw more of those enemies at mm. you. And then I felt that also kind of killed the rhythm of it too. Like, well, for those, I feel like they're trying to mix those up a bit because they also introduced like the the button matching one, where it's like, like where it's almost like a guitar hero track, and you're hitting yeah, like, yeah. A B X and stuff. So they kind of mix up those with the power, like the well, obviously the ones where you have to hit, kind of match the power you beat. But yeah. Like yeah, I kind of agree with when they started introducing the idea of there are certain enemies that need certain abilities to get taken down, but those abilities may be on a cooldown. Yeah, you can kind of find yourself in a position where you're just kind of I, I just find myself dodging to the beat for no reason, waiting for a cooldown. Yeah, mm. like the funny part. Funny part is that on the game that we played recently, Black and Melee. Mm. <laughs> you don't have cooldowns, right? Like if you see that color, you just go right. Even if you whiff, right, you you can just keep yeah. going, and like there's no break of the momentum, uh, unless you somehow run out of stamina. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's like the only real thing I... Okay, not to lie, actually, sorry. There is one more thing. There is another thing uh, about the combat, and that is the arenas or lack thereof. <laughs> Every <laughs> single fight is in a... Like a, round, a, like a round area. Yeah, I'm like pretty sure most of them are round as well. Like, it's, or, yeah. And I could not... And I think, you know, one thing about you know, fights in a lot of these games is like, oh, there was this moment, like, you know, if it's like, say, Bayonetta, it's like, oh, I fought these same enemies, but this time I'm on a motherfucking train, right, mm-hmm. flying through the city, right, and then I jumped onto, like, this this fighter jet that just appeared out of the sky, and it's like, oh, and, like, those are memorable, but I couldn't tell you any memorable fights 
like in that game. Other than like the boss fight, which are not hey, great. You're on a tree <laughs> in one of the fights. That that is true. That's so this, here's the thing about the tree one, right? So I'm, I could be wrong here, but obviously, so the tree goes like combat and then dodging the signs and then combat mm-hmm. and then dodging the signs. And any sort of like gamer would assume, oh, so at one point I'll be dodging the signs and fighting. <laughs> that just never happens. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> I'm almost certain that's what this is supposed to happen because it's, it's like everything you introduce it in layers and then the amalgamation is everything you've learned so far. And that's like your final test. And it just doesn't happen. It's like, like oh, you gotta destroy the brakes. I was like, why the f- when the fuck did brakes become a thing? <laughs> Which also requires a specific character. <laughs> so, yeah, like, just going back to what you said about the characters, so, like, that didn't bother me. It's probably because I abandoned the whole rhythm thing halfway through, <laughs> but that didn't bother me so much. What actually pissed me off the most, especially in regards to Macaron, which was the shield mm-hmm. bashing guy, was his fucking lack of uh, reach. So, like, you had to be right up in, like, the enemy's grill to even try and, you know, damage his shield. And, like, even Corsica's wasn't reach wasn't great. And I just felt like it was kind of sad because, like, I felt like Peppermint was the best and everything else after it was just a complete downgrade instead of actually feeling cooler. And I was just kind of like, I really hope I don't get a fourth because at this stage they're actually going to hinder my progression and help it. <laughs> so, so, funnily enough, you know how you said, like, oh, you just started mashing, right? I just ignored the room part. The closest yeah. thing I did to that was on the second half. Uh, but okay, maybe a bit later than that. But like at the later half of the game, because obviously you can only really hit one enemy at a time, right? Mm-hmm. And if that enemy requires a special character to do to do something to them, literally all I did was I just cycle through all three characters, threw them all in at <laughs> once, and it's like one of you is going to stick, and then and then I'll actually play normally. Like the whole assist system. I thought is only cool whenever you do their, um, you know, like at the end of a combo, you replace the button yeah. press with yeah. the character button. I thought that hey, was sick. Their parry assist was pretty cool. I don't think I ever used it. I think I bought I, it, but I don't think I ever used it. I don't <laughs> think I ever really parried. <laughs> <laughs> Brutally honest. Now, I, I, I want to watch Hans' playthrough of this. <laughs> <laughs> I am all attack. This, that's what it's just like for like, me. Have, like, have you heard of the series called Dynasty Warriors, Hans? Like, I think you <laughs> might. <laughs> <laughs> Alex and I can hit you up, right? <laughs> this is why I never play a Dark Souls game. I just can't be. I don't have the patience. I'm like, no, I'm just going to run at you and flail my arms until something goes down, either me or you. But but yeah, that's the thing. I think that is really cool, though, that like you have these options and like you were able to play the way you wanted to, right? In a in what it, what would normally be a quite restrictive game, yeah, yeah, right? Like these, like like both genres that it's trying that it's imitating are actually quite quote unquote serious hmm. things. Maybe not Spectral Fighters, but like, yeah, it's it is really interesting. Like, I do have my issues with some of the combat, but it's not like you know wouldn't recommend kind of territory because of it. So, so you mentioned there are oh, the boss fights. Uh, what, <laughs> what, what 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 was your issue with them? Okay, so the first boss fight, it's I I hate torso bosses, right? I hate <laughs> just like their bodies in this void, and you're on this platform, and like you have to run up to him and try to reach him. God, you must hit like ninety percent of World of Warcraft bosses, though. Dude, that—that's why you play a ranged character, so that doesn't have, <laughs> that doesn't bother you. <laughs> um, yeah, so I thought, um, like, to be fair, that fight like is is fine as the first fight. Like, I I believe myself. I think Bunchy and I both said like we fell off a few times because of like the camera angle and things. Yeah. but that's whatever. And um, the fight that I really hated is the Corsica one because it's not a fight. Yeah, it's more of a set piece. 
Yeah, it's it, but like it goes on for goes fucking on ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's so many. Which is like, I actually, it's, I actually think it's a really cool concept of like you're not actually trying to beat her because you think you can yeah, get her on side. I completely agree. Yeah, agree. yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, it just goes on for like twice as long as it actually but, needs to the, go on. I also uh, hated the last boss fight because I think it was the real like bringing together of the thing that I hated most, which was the whole color mm. matching thing. Um, yeah, because I thought I was doing something. So I actually died on it, right? And I thought I was doing something wrong. And it's unfortunate that in a lot of these kind of games, the thing, the thing to do is actually just to stand still and just, like, see <laughs> what happens. And waiting for, like, one of his Dr. Octopus arms to do a thing, and then you're supposed to use the corresponding color, yeah. it's like, oh. Like, it makes sense. You know, power of friendship, you know, in the last two chapters, and, like, you know, this is the whole gameplay thing. But, like, I thought it was awful. Like, I am not a big fan of boss fights. I think there were a couple I didn't mind. Uh, uh, like I will say, uh, the bosses themselves are, I think, much more memorable than the fights, which we're like we'll get onto with the story characters. Like I think, as much as yes, there was boss fights. I actually think the the way they characterize the bosses and the way they present the bosses is far more interesting than any of the actual fights you have against them. Yeah, like I think, like for, for me, I actually think that, uh, like you said, yeah. Although the characters themselves get more memorable, I actually felt like. It got worse, like, mm. uh, and because like, I actually quite enjoyed um, Rekka. I thought that was quite a fun boss fight, and like, probably because you're still kind of learning mechanics, and like each part of her boss fight is there to kind of instill b- a bit more of the mechanics into you. Um, I think maybe the best boss fight was maybe, and I'm probably going. This kind of contradicts what I said before. I actually really enjoyed the. Um, Don't say the big wolf. Con- the concert oh, the concert okay yeah all right it was fun right. it, it was fun just because it presented so many different challenges like the lights go out and then you have to try and get into the spotlight the attacker or her drones and like i thought it was good fun um but like again not like still not great but like it just, but if i think it was more fun because it was just like a, a series of mini games rather than actually hmm. yeah. proper fight. It, it had a good variety like yeah in that and like the setting yes. was like really good to be fair in a lot of spectacle fighters on yeah, average, boss fights are not great. Uh, uh, on average, enemies who are your size are way cooler than enemies who are really huge. Yeah, like you said, like, the one of the first fights is actually really good. Um, Raka, yeah, and like, like know, Dante versus the, Virgil is cool, cool. Yeah, the best boss fight in any D- DMC game is against Virgil because you're fighting essentially yourself. Yeah, like the ones where you're fighting these big demons are generally just this gimmick. Like, yeah, like it's not like spectacle fighters have not. I don't think really think kneeled on boss fights, even years later, I think they are still some of the most hit-and-miss parts of those games. The way it uses music in terms of, like, the fact that everything in the world is moving to a beat, like, oh, the same fantastic. beat, it is so well done, and I think it's a really good way of, like, yes, I know we said, like, we use the, the wee kind of helper thing at the bottom of the screen, but yeah, like, the fact that even without that, you could kind of look at anything going on in the world and get, like, to find yourself being able to get back on the beat, I think is like genius and it just makes the whole world feel so much more alive with it, the way the fact like everything is doing something to the same beat that you're moving to i think it's very cool that two games in a row they've done something so different that makes the world feel alive like mm. we talked about pentiment and how i used uh font the and text, stuff yeah. in a text box to like show you know people's intelligence or how it's being viewed and then with this, it's using the world to show like the beats of the actual combat and the like, the actual like you know music and stuff. I just think like yeah, like man, 
there's some really clever and creative people out there. I I will say, uh, the middle part of that game though, like I actually wasn't enjoying it that much because and partially because um, the environment. So I think so. The start of the game is like so sick. Whenever you like leave the facility and you're like on the rooftop and you're mm. seeing the world, like that there was like shit. This this is it. This is the game. And then you realize that for most of the story, which obviously we'll get into, like you're like sneaking in to <laughs> through, do the, through factories. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I thought like um, like that was such a disappointment. It it picks up again at the end of the game with yeah. the environments. But I actually I, I do think the the middle part is a bit of a diner in some regards. Um, yeah, I, it definitely feels like. I that was actually one of the first things I said to Nick after playing the game. Uh, I was yeah, like, like you done like the first two levels. Yeah, I and think. I was just like, are all these just going to be set in factories? And <laughs> he was like, no, it changes. And to be fair, he's right, it did change. Mm-hmm. But it was like factory, factory, oh, museum, factory, factory. It's still, oh. yeah, it's still kind of that aesthetic a lot of the time. But like, yeah, it's like you're going to see like mechanical stuff, but in like a volcano this time, or mechanical stuff, but in like a more factory setting. Yeah. Like, like it, it, it like kind of it, does it, have that aesthetic throughout the whole game, but I think it kind of mixes it up in decent it does, ways. But, like it kind of ties into the idea of like you know, like I always said with the arenas and stuff. Like this is like that. Like funnily enough, whenever you do that opening bit on the rooftops, I was sitting there kind of going like, "Man, this kind of reminds me of like Sunset Overdrive a little bit, like in terms of how mm. vibrant and colorful it is." Can't wait to go out there and explore the world, and then you, <laughs> and then don't, you don't, and then you don't, <laughs> like you know. <laughs> That's really cool because, like, I, I love the museum level. Like, you should go in through the museum to get to the concert. I think that's so cool. And like, I I stand by the fact that that soundtrack soundtrack is um for that level is based off of Persona Five because it's got high <laughs> strings and quick strings. And I was like, and you're running across platforms over like this busy, you know, like museum thing. I was like, this is absolutely based off Persona Five. Um, but yeah, just a little bit more variety in the worlds and levels would have been. Would go quite a long way. Uh, anything else to do with the gameplay? Oh, I I have like the smallest pet peeve, right? So, Is it the platforming? Because that's my only other pet peeve. I don't I don't mind platforming. For the most I part. thought it was fine. It just it it at times it was all right. At times it was the, it was it was the timed bits with Corsica's like ability <laughs> that pissed me off. Uh, no, it's uh, it's, like I said, it's such a minor thing. So, in a game like Devil May Cry, you pick up an item. Okay, if it's the first time you pick up an item, the screen turns to that item and it's like this is a red orb this is some backstory on this mm-hmm. item any other time you pick up that item doesn't say anything because you because yep. you know what that is but in this game every time you pick up anything <laughs> it's just like oh, this is one of those circuit chips you can buy abilities with it as like, i know i i know i know <laughs> i have 30 of these i know all right it's like i, I like, already have 30 of these that i'm not using <laughs> The story and character. Uh, overall, I really liked like all the characters in this game. Like, I think Chai is a fantastic protagonist, and I think all of the supporting cast are given really good moments to shine, and they all have their own kind of stories. Like the whole vibe of the tone of the characters, like, does have this like sort of nineties cartoon vibe, and I really enjoyed it. Like from like from the forward go to the very end. Like, I don't think there was a character that I particularly disliked. And even the characters, like, a lot of the, the heads of Vandalay, who are, like, they're only really in it for, like, a mission or two. Like, I, I think even those ones are very well characterized. Like, as we mentioned, like, 
yes, the boss fights themselves might not be great, but the character themselves is still like very memorable. Like as you mentioned, like there's Rekka who is clearly Hulk Hogan. Rest- <laughs> yes, clearly yeah. Hulk Hogan or wrestling inspired. Or there's Zanzo who is just a JoJo character. Yeah, yeah straight up. Yeah, like I, he just sits there and does the poses. I think the only like, one that kind of like didn't because I I actually completely forgot he was even a character is actually like the the, the wolf guy, the money one. Yeah. I was like, I like, like he, he's the one that kind of he is kind of introduced and like you deal with him in the same mission. It maybe feels like maybe there was time constraints and they had to cut out a mission or two. Like that's what that kind of feels like to me because I feel like every other boss got two or three missions, whereas he's kind of dealt with fairly quickly. But I feel like though that a little in terms of the story, a little bit that kind of ties in this whole thing because everyone's like, oh, he's just the money guy. He's just the money guy. Mm. And then like to be fair, like in terms of looks, he is absolutely the most intimidating. Like, you know, like, the fact that I'm just yeah. the money guy, and he turns into a literal fucking wolf. Like, and then Chai's reaction is just pinpoint perfect of, like, yeah, of course I get that was just a dick to him. <laughs> um, yeah, like, and just on that note, like, the comedy in this game is perfect. Like, yeah. this, I have, can't think of a game I've possibly laughed as hard at than this. Like, between Chai's reactions, the, like, slapstick humour, um, the the witty comments. I just yeah, I love the co- that was that was what kind of kept me going through this was actually the comedy after the the combat started to annoy me a bit. Like as well, like it's funny, just like a couple of days I think before or after this shadow dropped, like you had Forspoken, which like tries to go for a similar like smarmy kind of a bit of a snark tone, mm-hmm. but completely fell flat in doing so. Whereas this nails it dead on and mm-hmm. is enjoyable to like see the characters interact and see how they go get on whereas everyone was like absolutely panning for spoken for the way it handled that stuff well i, I think it's because like obviously one a cartoony vibe also does tie into that comedy factor a bit easier that tone of comedy like you know when chai gets like like pancaked and like it goes into slow motion and then they're like reviewing the footage and it all he, they pause on the exact moment where he's been punched in the face and mm. it's, they're li- literally there having a conversation and behind them is like 10 screens of Chai getting punched in the face and no one's acknowledging it like it's just little things like that uh, I think like the directing of it is just fantastic like the, you know and when Chai is sitting there going like can't even remember what it is but they look back at Chai and he makes like a heart symbol with his hands and like it's just yeah I genuinely love the comedy in this game and i think the story is fine but it's the comedy and the characters that absolutely pulls it forward like they tie some really funny stuff into the gameplay as well like obviously in between a lot of the missions you go back to like your kind of your hideout area Mm -hmm. and then there's like the bit where chai gets like arrested and it would make no sense for him to be back in his hideout and they clearly play it up that chai is like dreaming that he's back there because everyone's acting completely different it's oh, yeah. really, everyone's, it's like, yeah. really, everyone's like, Chai, you're doing a great job, and all your plans <laughs> always work. And he's like, Yeah, you're right, they do. And just like, this is really fucking funny. <laughs> I think that for me, one of the top moments is when Chai decides the only way to get into Vandalay headquarters is to get shot out of a cannon. <laughs> <laughs> and like Peppermint literally goes, because Peppermint had suggested it earlier in the game, and she literally goes like I was joking. I, I was being sarcastic, and then, uh, and then that leads into one of my favorite levels in the game, which is, uh, as I call it, the invaders must, must die. Yeah, that is, but like that bit where you get fired in the canteen and everyone, 
just stops and looks at Chai, and he's doing the exact same pose as his like wanted poster on the TV. <laughs> and then like, <laughs> but like the thing is, it, it goes on for like five minutes of silence of just robots looking at him, looking at the TV, and like, oh, it's just so funny. It's so good. Yeah, like you mentioned there, like the use of licensed music in the levels themselves and in yeah, the cutscenes, like fucking top notch. Like yeah. that Invaders Must Die bit, like as soon as that music then kicks in and like you have a so, whole scene so of robots, you? so, is incredible. Yeah. And then like you have like after all the setbacks and stuff, when like the group is making like their final approach towards like going to face off against Keel and the boring song plays, and like mm. the way that plays into like as soon as you go into your first combat and the chorus kicks in and all the music kicks in, it's all done so fucking well. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's all massively done and, like, it never feels, like, jarring or awkward when those kind of... It doesn't feel cheesy either, yeah. which is a big thing. Like, that, like, it's very easy to make those sort of things feel really cheesy, especially in this where you're going for, like, a comedic, like, feel to it and it doesn't. Mm. It's just either, it's, like, inspiring fucking like adrenaline pumping or like it just makes you smile like yeah there's not a bad beat and i think as well like shout out to the original soundtrack too like it's like the bit where like he's uh like uh synchronizing his frequency to the shield to break them out that's a great bit Mm. like like the music and that's pinpoint perfect for like this inspiring upbeat moment where he's thinking about his friends and all the nice things he says and he thinks of Cinnamon the robot and he goes I like your trousers too and then <laughs> and Chai just goes ah close enough <laughs> no like genuinely like it is the story characters are all like so well written and like you could tell the writers of this game like n- knew the tone they were going for and they absolutely and they made smashed. the best character ever 808 that is a good character can I just say did any of you guys go back after you beat the game and look at all the costumes you can buy yeah because some of them are incredible like the fact you can play through that whole game with Chai dressed as a shark (laughs) (laughs) anyway it is good Um, I love those wee bits in between the fights where like yeah, it's, it's like, res- like re- resetting the arena. Yeah. yeah, and then it's like, you know, it's doing something, and it's like, you know, it, uh, bad guys, do you want to go? <laughs> but I, I will say that I, I would argue that the story is not good. Like, uh, okay, it, I it, is, it is by the numbers. Good. It is by the I, numbers. I wouldn't say it's not good. I, I think it's fine. Yeah. Like, it's fine. It is not great. It's like, there's nothing that makes you go, like, oh shit, I didn't expect that. Like, it yeah, is yeah, perfectly yeah, exactly. fine. Yeah, so like, I, you I, could, like, you could see the twist of Peppermint being related to Vandalay in some way, whether, like, the exact relation, I wasn't sure about, but you could see that twist coming a mile away. But I wouldn't say, like, the story is, it's not... I think the story it is, is passable. Very, like, it it is, is very straightforward. Like, yeah, it is yeah. very much a, as I said, like a 90s like children's cartoon story, almost. In that it is just kind of there to be a vehicle for these more, like, memorable characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's kind of what, com- like, most comedy things, and I would consider this kind of a comedy game, do tend to be that way, you know, for comedy stories, they don't really go for mm. complex or smart narratives, like it is all in the character stuff. Um, and actually, by the way, shout out to Kale, uh, that is Kale, yeah, like, yeah. I I think for a bad guy, I kind of love him because he is so, he is very straight-laced, but then his straight-laced bits, whenever that, that facade drops, I do find him really funny. Like, the fact like he's like shut it all down, and then he wants a coffee, and then <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. it's like uh, sorry about that. I didn't mean shut it all down. 
Yeah, like uh, I wouldn't like the story is not memorable by any stretch of the imagination, but I think it serves its purpose like as it needs to. I feel like Peppermint, in terms of characters, is probably the most interesting because of the relationship with Vandalay, mm. and like it turns out that she is um, the runaway daughter of like the founder of it and all. Um, so yeah, like I do think that's the most interesting. But no, like I, I just do also want to call back in. Like all the use of music in this game is so fucking good. It's such a great soundtrack too. Like the licensed music they picked and the, like the original music they've composed for the game, all fucking incredible. And the amount of editing they must have had to do as well. Yeah, for like yeah. when yeah. they're doing. Like, that's what I said that like none of the music sounds like none of the licensed music sounds jarring. Like they've they've cut and chopped it in really smart ways and looped yeah. it in really smart ways that like especially in that like penultimate mission where like the whirring is playing in the Goes background for like- yeah and like it's got this really slow build up to the first chorus but they've looped it in a really smart way that literally as soon as kind of like the beat starts for the chorus or for the first combat like the chorus kicks in and it does sound supernatural yeah. it does sound like this sound this is how the song is meant to go like it never like none of the music ever sounded jarring which i think is super impressive for a game like this and as someone who has had to do that for on the fence bite size, that is not mm. fucking easy. Like, like I would say you, that right now. Like to take a piece of music that is pre-written, like to find the exact point in which you're trying to loop things, that is not fucking easy. So like fair balls to them for doing that like ten fucking times. <laughs> like you can't account for how long a player's gonna sit and dick about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. until they get to a point. So like to make all that loop really naturally and never sound like those, this is broken, or I can hear the obvious loop here, like, is incredible. Uh, I suppose maybe just a bit about the presentation itself, like, I know we talked about the world and stuff, mm. like, the aesthetic of it, like, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, like, I, 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 I it think it's fantastic. It, it perfectly, you said about, like, that 90s cartoon, like, yeah, I think it perfectly captures it, like, a uh, Saturday morning cartoon feel, like, even when it's, like, in its game, like, it's 3D mode compared mm. to its 2D mode, like, and I love the transitions between the 2D and 3D, they're very slick, uh, like, you know, when Chai gets shot out of the cannon, it's that puff of smoke out of the mm. cannon, and that's where it changes. Um, yeah, like, and, I think. like even there, like it's 3D, and then when he smashes through the window, like that's when it cuts back to the 3D Read stuff. It, yeah, yeah, like I just think it's, I love the look of it, and it's weird because we keep going on about, I think it's like our like fifth episode in a row where we talk about how good the like style of something is, <laughs> so we definitely need more 8 bit so it pisses out. <laughs> <laughs> or sorry, more pixel art. I hope it's Alex off too. Maybe more so. <laughs> mm. uh, I, I think, you know, it's just... Yeah, it's just... Uh, I, always, I never actually had one, because I always had MP3s. But, uh, you know, just a throwback to us people who, you know, know the day of have know the days of having an extra device for your music, <laughs> you know? Hey, some of us still do, man. That is true. That is true. I've just permanently relegated mine to my car. <laughs> so, yes, Xbox's future plans. I think it's interesting to talk about, like, we've now played what, two Xbox developed games like in a row, so like following on from our Obsidian talk at the end of the last episode and, and like now playing another Xbox exclusive, I think it's interesting to kind of look ahead at Microsoft as a whole and like see what they have coming out this year. Like they've had a rough few years, like everyone has kind of said so, that they've just lacked killer exclusives and killer like kind of... Well maybe if they didn't bloody botch Infinite, you know, maybe they would have <laughs> had a good game. Yeah, they've lacked like those sorts of exclusive or those sort of like system movers and have more been relying on the likes of Game Pass to be their main selling point for consoles. But obviously now we've played two I'm imagining, haven't obviously wrapped up this episode yet, but two highly liked games from Xbox. 
that are things starting to change in their favor. Now, obviously, Hi-Fi Rush has already shadow dropped this year. Uh, we have the likes of Minecraft Legends, Redfall, Starfield, New Forza Motorsport are all scheduled for this year, and they also still also have more like a handful of other games on the horizon, like a new Fable, a Void, uh, New Outer Worlds. Um, so obviously, all of us being Game Pass subscribers, are you excited for what is to come from Microsoft? Like knowing that yes, they used to just be kind of the Halo guys. Like, are you more excited to, like, do you feel like your Game Pass subscription is worth more seeing the quality of games that they've started to put out compared to previous years? Well, like, I, I've always liked Microsoft games, like, you know, instead of just Halo, like, I do love Fable and stuff. Like, the way I kind of view it is, would I have bought Game Pass to specifically play Hi-Fi Rush? Probably not. Like, yes, it's very good, and the reviews have been great, but, like, I just, I, like, I feel like I would either be on the Xbox Game Pass hype train or not. I just, like, and for as much as, yes, we really enjoyed Pentiment, or I think we all really enjoyed Pentiment, or, you know, well, two we had, of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, or, like, you know, that, yeah, we've all really enjoyed this. I, like, I still just don't see these games well although they are good and well received i still don't see them as like game pass movers um so don't get me wrong like yeah i feel like if you are signed up to game pass i think all these these neat little nuggets golden nuggets that they're dropping all over the place you know that yeah they're great to have and they're fun to experience um but it's still going to be the fables it's still going to be the halos it's still going to be whatever that's going to actually have people sign up to Game Pass. But then again, some people just won't. Some people just still buy the 70 quid every mm. well, like, well, couple of months. In, on that point, like, shortly after this came out, and obviously I've already mentioned Forspoken came out around the same time, but like on the Steam top seller charts, which I believe is done via revenue? I'm not mm -hmm. entirely sure. I don't think yeah, it's Yeah, I think purely. it is, because the Steam Deck was like top for a long yeah. time. I think it still is. But like, Hi-Fi Rush was higher than Forspoken. Like a mm -hmm. game that is that obviously is not on any subscription service is a big AAA game with a huge marketing budget behind it. But like Hi Fi Rush was, I think Hi Fi Rush launched at twenty five or thirty quid. Like yeah. if you were to buy it outright, so like to see but, it outperforming in some capacity anyway. Oh yeah, a but like big that, AAA that, game like that. But that's what I'm saying in terms of like, although like yeah, but kind of one of those weird things that yes, it will sell well, but then like if. I was going to play this game, would I sign up to Xbox Game Pass, or would I just buy the game outright? Do you know, it mm. looks like more people, like, you know, do I want to sign, and yes, to me and you and everyone who has experienced Xbox Game Pass, you would be, oh yeah, Xbox Game Pass, why would I not sign up for that? Because I would get to play that game, and several others, um, but some people will just be like, nah, I'll just pay the one off 25 and I'll I'll you know play the game on Steam or whatever. Do you know do you know what I think it actually it's probably obviously not for everyone, but I, I think a lot of just because you see it all the time, it's just like people just like the coziness of just having to only open Steam. Yeah. <laughs> just having all their yeah. games in one place, you know what I mean? Like it's I even like, though you constantly see the threads of people begging Microsoft to like Oh my god, Epic, why are you watching Epic? Game Pass on Steam so they can just mm. use, you know, Steam for everything. But well, dude, I also, I I got that a while ago. Whenever it was like 
when you downloaded stuff from the Xbox app, it was like these. It was still like a Windows app thing. Mm. But now they've even they've got away from that now, and like you are just downloading an executable again. Like the folder structure is the exact same as the game would be from Steam. Like you can mod it the exact same way and things. But I suppose the quite well the thing I'm trying to get at here is for years now Microsoft have not had a solid foundation of games to build a console around. Do you think that is changing? Like regardless of Game Pass, like irrespective of Game Pass and things like that. Do games like Pentiment and games like Hi-Fi Rush make you think, like, yes, Microsoft have, like, especially to you, Hans, as someone who also owns a PS5, like, do you think Microsoft's output now is getting to the level of what Sony has? Well, I've, I've always felt like, like, for me personally, like, so, Sony are how, know how to make, or Sony exclusives know how to make one type of game, make it well, and that is large action adventure open world games on a massive scale which are heavily narrative driven like I personally feel like Sony will possibly maybe always have the advantage in that genre um, regardless of how you feel about it Nick I know you've pretty much said that you have open world fatigue essentially from all their games kind of feeling the same I don't but game, I really like narrative games so I've all, I, I feel like in terms of that, I will probably always go for Sony in terms of those games, but like I love having the ver- the variety of games then with Microsoft because they're not afraid to try, you know, random stuff like this, you know, or publish mm. random stuff like this. Um, so I feel like that's why I feel like Xbox, although they're not maybe going to have the big game of the year contenders I suppose would be the best way to describe it because if you kind of look at game of the year they all kind of fit bar maybe your one token one your token Nintendo game yeah like they all kind of fit the same kind of big epic grand scale thing Um, so I don't feel like it's ever possibly going to be like that but do you even think say like the likes of Starfield might change that and the likes of something like Fable or Avowed like they are trying to I don't think they're getting there yet I think it's always taken a bit of time to ramp up after a lot of the acquisitions but I think they're getting to the point where they can start making like what you consider these like triple A blockbuster games. It, like I think the like the Bethesda stuff will be very telling. Mm. Um like you know how Starfield does will be very telling of kind of how the building blocks for like you know cuz like they obviously released Starfield gameplay footage for the first time months ago and like I personally wasn't blown away by it. Like I feel like it looks okay, it looks maybe a bit bland, but it looks okay. So, yeah, like that. That I feel like that's maybe going to be its first like measuring stick. Yeah, is how the, that those kind of games do. You know, Nick, can we? Uh, I'm hoping that whatever game we play next uh, month uh, is not a Game Pass game, so that we don't have to keep mentioning Game Pass at the end of every. It, <laughs> not none of the two. Neither of the two games. Hey, I'm Microsoft, of. sponsor us, please. Yeah, that we're, doing, to we're doing uh, a lot of know. advertising for you. <laughs> so yes, overall, I absolutely adored Hi-Fi Rush. Like, there are minor nitpicks you can level out of certain things, but overall, like, the entire experience I thought was top notch, and I would happily go back to it. And just cannot recommend it enough. I think it's absolutely knocks it out of the park completely. That's. Uh, you will come for the funky, quirky rhythm strategy combat but you will stay for the characters and comedy. Uh, I had a big smile on my face the entire time through this game 
although the gameplay didn't hit 100% with me, uh, the story and all that kind of surrounds that absolutely kept me hooked the entire way through. So, yes, give it a go. Uh, Alex? Uh, basically what Hans just said, but I'll also add, if you're into rhythm games, this is 100% up your alley. Even if you're not like into the spectacle, spectacle fighter genre, I would still highly recommend this game. The rhythm sections and fights and all that stuff. Really well done. The music is top tier. So, yeah. 100% recommended. Knowing it was on your game of the year list last year, Alex, did you prefer this or Metal Hellsinger? Oh. He doesn't want to to spoil anything, but... uh... (laughs) (laughs) Metal Hellsinger, probably. Yeah, I'm. I would say Metal Health Singer because it's more your type of his music. Jam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the the music in that is just incredible and so mm. well done. Like this is also really good, but the problem is on of growling. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> the problem I have comparing the two is they like Metal Health Singer brought in uh, known singers. And wrote their own tracks, basically. Mm. Whereas this used, like, licensed music and then their own tracks, but without featuring. Yeah. So it's, like, it's hard to compare, because you're comparing, you know, licensed music with original. Origin, yeah. yeah, that's fair. Just because just I actually I was just used reminded there that, yeah, it was on your game of the year list, so I thought I would ask. Uh, uh I think this is a great game. Uh... Irrespective of all, like you know, this, the very minor critiques I had for the game, like it is, I I love like we finally have. Maybe there's others, but like this is my first uh, experience with like a rhythm game that like anyone can play, even hands. Right. So just to I've, completely ignore the rhythm. That's how I play. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and 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 he did it. And he did it. And he loved the game. And you know, as he said, like the story, and the character. Sorry, not the story. Not the story. The characters you and the world him. building. You heard of story <laughs> and characters. Nick, edit that. They're both bad. They're both bad. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I think, yeah, the the world is just really cool. Like, it's a shame we don't see it in the middle part of the game. But it's, like, really amazing. And it's really great to sort of see a game that's, that combines two, like, very well-known genres into this very... Uh, like great package, really. So highly recommend High Five Rush or Hibiki, as it was called on our executables. <laughs> yeah, I think that's like probably, and then probably the, the project name, I would <laughs> yeah. imagine. Because like, like Chai also has it on one of his belts, like yeah. that yeah. Hibiki name. Cool. So overall, very positive opinions on High well, Five except, Rush, except for this air quotes Scottish accent. Um, <laughs> they they could have they could replace that. And then I'd be happy with it. So, two bits of business uh, before we get before we wrap this up. The end of another game club year twelve games in the bag. So, as ever, we come back and chat about our biggest surprise of the last thirteen months. Technically, um, quick reminder then the, for the last game club year, we have played Persona Four Golden, not for broadcast. Lego Harry Potter, Vanquish, We Were Here Forever, Grim Dawn. Phasmophobia, Aragami 2, Bear Breakfast, Black and Melee, Pentiment, and Hi-Fi Rush. Who wants to kick us off? 
Nick, you know what? How about I ask you, since you're the host of the show, what was your biggest surprise? Why don't you go for what was your most positive surprise and your most negative surprise? I only really had one picked out. Well, you're going to have to pick two now. Yeah, pick two now. So you can (laughs) Um, can yang this. Balance, uh, Nick. My positive one would probably be Pentiment. Because I, like, literally expected nothing from that game and was blown away by it. Just on how well it did everything it wanted to do. And just how much it stuck with me. And, like, I think I even said at the end of the last episode, like, I think there was an argument to be made that it might have been up there with, if not ahead of Elden Ring in my game of the year if I had played it in the calendar year. Uh, in terms of negative, <laughs> I'm going to say Lego Harry Potter. <laughs> I think it made me realize I don't like Lego games. <laughs> like all Lego games? Forever, Not all of them, but like, there's definitely a time period where they were phoning it the fuck in. <laughs> I think that game was just really bad because like, there's just so much backtracking. Yeah, so yeah. Fuck Lego Harry Potter. <laughs> uh, Hans, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's up? Hans? What's up? What's up? You get it? I feel it. You get it. Um, I would say uh, my positive surprise was probably also Pentiment. Again, much like Nick, I went in with no expectations, and it was just fantastic, top to bottom. The narrative-driven game, right up my alley, and loved the Chaucer's Tale design of it. Uh, I love the smart use of font and stuff like that, so yeah, that was the absolutely would have been in my top five if I had played it during the calendar year also. Um, probably not really a surprise, but man, I knew I wasn't going to like We Were Here Forever because it was a puzzle game, <laughs> but I was surprised just how much it genuinely made me angry. Like, Alex will attest to this, like, I was genuinely upset the point <laughs> playing that game where I would just retreat into myself and oh, not good talk. Times. Um good time. I like I I genuinely think I now know what genuine depression feels like from playing that game. That is a horrible game. Man, Fuck what a we. privileged life you've led. What a fucking <laughs> hot like Yeah. No. Fuck, we were here forever. Uh, Alex. Okay, so surprising, like, the good surprise was probably we were here forever. (laughs) 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 There. In my head, we were talking about how, like, me and Alex were in an abusive relationship. (laughs) Let let, let that be the moment. He just kicked down my front door and went upstairs and shot all over at his desk. Uh, and brought me and Hans closer, so what's not to like about it? <laughs> uh, closer to going to jail, probably. <laughs> what was your negative surprise? <laughs> Uh, also, we were here forever because it had also, to end. Yeah, also, we were here forever. <laughs> Fuck my life! I get yeah. angry just thinking about it. <laughs> no, what like it? my my actual positive was, of course, we were here forever. My actual <laughs> negative is Vanquish. What? What? Really? I I was just very underwhelmed by it. You were like, man, can't wait to play some 2006. Wall high third person shooters. 
Oh man, What's yeah, that? I, I, I think. If, if, I think the fact that it was after Lego Harry Potter made it look better than it was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so looking back, I realized, yeah, it was, it was pretty underwhelming. And then it was followed by probably the best game we picked. You know, we were here forever, so obviously, you know, uh-huh. it's, it's it's stuck between a, a rock and a hard place. Yeah, just the victim. Of, it's like the fact they keep releasing Horizon games <laughs> beside other amazing games and yeah. getting yeah. overshadowed. Uh, oh, I, uh, I think positive, probably Pentiment as well. Um, because I don't find the two of you were like, I had no opinion of this. I looked at that game, I was like, nah, this this trash. <laughs> but this looks like a lot of reading, you know. Like, I don't I, like you know this murder mystery sounds cool, but like, and even like the art style, like although it is striking, like at first impression, I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna like looking at this. Mm. But it's because of the way it actually uses it that makes it really great. So for me, I had like quite low expectations going in. Uh, but we, did like, say, uh, we, we did say that at the time, actually. Like Me and yeah. Nick, I think, we were like, I always got to hate this game. Because <laughs> like, yeah. we think it's just a bunch of reading. Yeah. He hates reading in video games. But yeah. But, but it, it's, it's, it's just like, you know, it's kind of like, I think I said in the, in the other episode, like uh, it's kind of like how I wish Phoenix Wright was. Where you yeah. got to like make a decision. Even though that's the part which Alex hated, is the <laughs> decisions even matter? What do you mean? So it's kind of interesting, so it is. Uh, but yeah, that was definitely my, my highlight. Um, and my my negative, I guess, it's for the opposite reason. It's actually Baron Breakfast. I I oh. thought so. I thought similar to Hi Fi Rush. It was like I saw this game, and obviously Nick and I were like, "That's a great name for a game." <laughs> and like this shit looks hilarious. It looks like a nice cozy. Uh, you know, Stardew Valley, um, Animal Crossing kind of thing, but it was really boring to play, and like all it had was its charm. But unfortunately, we, pl- we play video games to play them, so yeah, it was quite a disappointment. Most disappointing game of twenty twenty two. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Halo Infinite multiplayer co-op campaign. <laughs> <laughs> so. This means we are now at another game club year, and I have the distinct honor of kicking it off. We were here then. together. Let's go, Dick. Let's go. <laughs> I love how Nick says that as if he doesn't always start. Yeah, he, but he the- doesn't <laughs> kick everything off. Yeah. <laughs> Technicality. I love how I single-handedly just ruined game club there. <laughs> <laughs> so. I have been torn between two games for so long now, and there was something said during this episode that made me, that has swayed my opinion towards one Oh my game. god, it is. Like, I swear to god, this weird here together. I swear to fuck god, I'm quitting. <laughs> it is not weird. <laughs> we were here together. Okay. What was the, what's the one before that? <laughs> we were Damn, here too. It was, we were here, we were here too, we were here together, we were here forever. So, for March, we will be playing Digimon World Next Order. Oh, no. Okay, remind me. Is that the JRPG <laughs> or the taming one? Or like the, it is, is the, the taming one. one. The, the one we have two? And it just released on Steam. I, I did see that. <sighs> Can't wait to get my double new name off. <laughs> Someone brought up remasters, and that's what swayed me away from my other pick. I... 
<laughs> I hate these types of Digimon games. <laughs> Man, Digimon World Go was like the go. I hate them so much. Because <laughs> it was either going to be Digimon or Metro Prime. Oh, yeah. You know what? Okay. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Them all. Sorry, is it next order? Sorry. Yeah. Next order. So Man, this game looks ugly. So Alright, anyway. <laughs> so yeah. And also we've we've talked a lot about Digimon World. I can't remember if we've ever actually discussed it on a podcast, but we've also talked we've talked a lot about Digimon World and whether it was actually a good game back in the day. Yes, <laughs> or, were just, or were we just young? <laughs> so join us at the end of March where we'll be playing Digimon World next order. But for now, it is a goodbye from Hans. Have a good one. A goodbye from Alex. Bye. Goodbye from IY. See ya. And a goodbye from myself. See you next time.